Hello and welcome to the Property Investors Network podcast. My name is Mark Fitzgerald and it's great to have you joining me here today. So in 2024, we have a general election coming in the UK. In fact, this is an amazing year. It's incredible to think about it. Across the globe, there will be 40, 40 elections in different parts of the world. I don't think there's ever been that many elections in one year that I can remember, certainly in history as well. But of course, there are some major ones, major ones, the United States uh, and other areas, other big countries like that. But of course, the UK are having it and Labour are odds on favourites to be taking over from the Conservative Party who have been here for a while now. And of course, diehard Conservative supporters even they seem to be growing a little bit tired of how the Conservatives have been acting and how they've been doing things. Now, me personally, with governments, you know, you certain, certainly see certain things happening. You see other things happening. You can agree with some stuff. You agree with other stuff. I try not to get too hung up on it all. But with the Labour Party poised potentially to be taking over, what is that going to mean for us as property investors and landlords. So let's have a look at some of the facts, some of the figures that have been going out there. Now, one thing I will say is when you talk about a government, you talk about any party and what they propose and what they say is going to happen, chances are it doesn't always happen like that. We had the renters reform bill that the Conservatives put out last year, and a lot of that changed now. A lot of that has been wiped out, what they were thinking of doing. We've also had, obviously, EPCs was a big one. You know, certain landlords have to have uh, an EPC rating of C or above and all on properties to do this. Of course, that's been abolished now. So certain things are always said at the heat of the moment, I think, also to try and gain votes and to try and get certain supporters to follow them. They don't always happen. So don't just panic. Don't listen to everything that I say on this episode and panic. Obviously, some things probably will happen. And I think some things actually that they're proposing to have happen isn't a bad thing. And other things, potentially, we will roll with it. What I will say is, if you're into property investing, whether you're starting out in property investing or you've got a bit of a, a portfolio or you're looking to grow a successful portfolio and business, take everything as it comes. So make sure you're in the right place to gain the right knowledge. You surround yourself with the right people. Make sure that for PIN, come and join us in the PIN community Facebook group. Over 21,000 property investors in there always updating each other on the latest news and how to overcome different problems. So surround yourself with the right communities and the right people. And of course, joining us here as well is putting you in the hot seat. So Labour's version of the Renter Reform Bill and how that can look if everything does need to change, it could also mean similar things than what the Conservative Party have been saying as well. So one of those is the Section 21. Now, Section 21 is to remove tenants from a property. Fundamentally, it was to remove tenants if a landlord wanted to sell a property because it is a non-fault eviction. Section 8, you can use, and that is where you can get rid of a tenant who's potentially being a nuisance, who's not paying, who's doing something wrong. You can use a Section 8, but Section 21 was a no-fault eviction, which I always thought was very, very odd. And the first time when I heard that they were going to abolish Section 21, for no fault evictions, it doesn't affect me in my property business. Why? Because why am I ever going to want to evict a tenant that's doing a good job, 
that's paying on time, that's looking after the property and doing what tenants need to be doing, you know, their side of the bargain at the end of the day or the deal, should I say. I'm not. It really is for just people who maybe need to sell their property or, or, or just want to get a tenant out or mess people around and things like that. So they're looking at abolishing that. But so are the conservatives as well. Now, when do we know this is going to come in? We don't actually know when this is going to come in. Uh, and it could, of course, if Labour do come forward and put their own um, renters reform bill together, it'll probably then have to go through so many different courts, proceedings and challenges that it could be a couple of years before we see anything actually happening as well. So how would they bring Section 21 in with the way it is at the moment? Maybe people or some landlords are using Section 21s to remove problem tenants and things like that, or people from their properties. Um, what they would have to do first is the AST that we use at the moment, which is an assured shorthold tenancy, and that will have been created, but they're saying that would become an assured tenancy. So the short hold of the tenancy would be the bit that's, that's, bit that's removed. And apparently this would then lead to them losing the right to serve a tw Section 21 notice to ensure that the courts are in a position to cope with the constant cases, the current government has indicated that these dates will not be set until the courts have significant capacity to be able to cope with what they are doing at the moment. At the moment, the court system since COVID-19 has been in a massive, massive backlog, and we are still trying to get through that. So critically, Labour's proposed amendment would see the removal of section 21 notices coming first from a court reform something that they are looking at after all of this has been implemented okay so then we would have at our disposals a section eight which is possession on grounds okay so you would need mandatory grounds to get rid of somebody so a persistent rent arrears or, or building up rent arrears maybe just not looking after the property antisocial behavior that sort of thing you can use section eight so it's not a massive massive concern from where i'm sat obviously you'll all have your own take on these things but if we are looking at doing this as a business, we need to make sure that we are running it as a business. And getting in good people and then evicting them for no real good reason is pointless. I don't know anybody, personally myself, that would do that. But you won't be able to do it shortly if that's something you want. The other thing that they're looking at is rent increases. OK, the Renters Reform Bill already restricts landlords in relation to rent rises by, by prohibiting the use of rent review clauses. Instead, landlords must give a Section 13 notice with at least two months notice if they plan to increase the rent. OK, if the tenant challenges this, then a tribunal can set the market rate. OK, even if the rate is higher than the rent proposed by the landlord. So in simple terms there, if you do want to do a rent increase, we can only do one of those per year anyway. OK, now, if you go and put a rent increase to your tenant and they refuse to do it, then this could go to a panel who will review it. Now, it could be put down. It could be kept the same. It could be put even higher if market rents are in that area. And I have seen a few landlords put their rents up ever so slightly. And it's not even what it is in the marketplace. The tenants have been annoyed by this and have then gone back and disputed it. And then they've actually been asked to pay more than originally proposed by the landlord. So it doesn't it's not always in the tenant's best interest to mess about with this. But 
Labour are looking at changing this as well. If Labour get in, then if it actually goes to a tribunal, then what Labour are saying is that tribunal can only set the rent at what the landlord's asking or lower. So if the market rents are higher than what the landlord's saying, as in the old cases, it can't be set higher. It's either going to be set to what the landlord's saying, which is a fair rent for the market and where they are, or lower. Okay, so that's one of the things that they are looking at changing if they get in there. We have the current rental reform bill in at the moment, and we have an election in May time, which is what it's penciled in for at the moment. So what would happen if anything from the current renters reform bill was sanctioned before May? Well, the chances are that won't happen. Okay, because it has to go through, as I said to you before, so many different channels. So in a May election happens, it's unlikely that none of the restrictions or legislations that they're putting in will be passed in that time. And the next government will have the chance to shape a significant amount of these details. But so the first thing a new party do when they come in is they will look at what already has been proposed, what already is in the pipeline, and then they'll look to tweak and change things, okay? So realistically, when it comes to these sections, I'm not a massive worrier when it comes to those. I don't think there's a massive problem there to be had um, at the moment. You know, rent increases at the end of the day, let's keep rent increases to what the market is. So if you are a landlord putting the rents up and you think that your tenant is not going to be happy with that, you could put it up to the maximum rate. But if you were happy, at maybe having it a little bit below market value, you could say, I'm going to put your rent up to this. If they kick off, you could say, I'll tell you what, I'll meet you halfway. Fair enough then. You will potentially get what you want or potentially that you won't. So what else are Labour's plans for the private rented sector? You ask. So we've talked about the abolishment of Section 21. That is pretty much going to be happening here. I do think ASTs are going to change as well. So um, we have to look at that. Now, the other thing they're on about is driving up standards. Now, I'm not against driving up standards, okay? Decent homes standards for the private rented sector, I think, is always going to be a good thing. At the end of the day, you want to be operating in the top half of the market anyway. We don't want to be at the bottom. But we do want to make sure that it is sensible as well. I have seen some silly things put into place which just don't need to happen. So the governments need to make sure that when it is you know, decent home standard that we are doing our part. But equally to that, and I'll say this all the time, tenants need to have a part in this as well. They cannot just expect the landlords to do this. The landlords do not live in the property. If there's a problem with condensation or something like that, it should be down to the tenants to start dealing with this. If there's damp issues, yes, let the landlord know. But what is the tenant doing also to help us overcome this? Because they're living there. If they're keeping the heating on and not opening windows or having ventilation or anything like that, then it can cause lots and lots of issues. So it needs to have a bit of a rule for us as landlords, but also for the tenants as well. Decent home standard outlines the minimum standard for social housing in England as well and Northern Ireland. It was originally planned to be a part of the Renters Reform Bill, but then it was delayed. Okay, The government has subsequently agreed to implement decent home standards during the bill's committee stage and debates in Parliament. So they will have been talking about this last November and we will be seeing how that is going to go. Likewise on that, they're also having a, a warm homes plan as well. So the Labour government has committed to numerous green energy projects 
and incentives, which include upgrading every home's EPC standard to a C within a decade. Now, we've had this before. OK, under the conservatives, the original plan was just for private rented sector. OK, and this was to have all of your private rental properties EPC rating of C by the year 2025. OK, followed by all tenancies in 2028. So obviously, if, if that was for new tenancies by 2025, if you took a new tenant on, you had to have an EPC rating of C or above. And then if, for your existing tenants. Um, who are obviously staying there by 2028. However, in September 2023, the Prime Minister announced intentions to water down these targets. Okay, now I understand why they want to do this. I understand that it's it's great for the environment. It, it makes a lot of sense. But I also, in real life terms, I lived in Bath for a long time, which is why I sound like I do. And there are some fantastic properties in Bath, okay, there are some amazing, amazing Victorian houses, as you will have across the country as well. But these houses, you can only do so much too. We used to live in a very, very cold house. They would not let us put double glazing windows into the property, even if we did it to suit the style of the property. So you're always going to leak heating. You're always going to struggle to get a property like that up to the standards that it needs to be. So this is a bit of a pipe dream. I believe we can just look at insulation, look at different ways of doing things because you're never going to do it with all properties. And if you're a landlord who owns those properties, then you're going to struggle with things like this. So they realistically now want uh, all properties to reach an EPC band of C by 2035. Watch this space. I can see that continuing to grow. So just touching on a few other labor policies that they are thinking about including or proposals, should I say, they also have a plan on ending automatic eviction for rent arrears, introducing a four month notice period for landlords to actually remove tenants. They also want to include the right for renters to have pets, as well as making reasonable alterations to a property, again, subject to really what you make of it. You can put it in black and white, but how do you actually implement all of these different things? You either do or you don't. So all in all, I don't think it's a massive difference to what we've got now. Am I worried about it? Listen, if we worry about whatever, you know, political party changes are going to be coming into our property investing, then we might as well get out of this game. We might as well not even get started at the end of the day. There will always be uncertainty. But again, there'll be a lot of old landlords now, a lot of people that have been in this game a long time that will be saying to themselves, I've had enough now. I've had enough. Enough is enough. And they will be looking to sell. And us young or younger, should I say, uh, property investors coming in are going to be able to help people with portfolios, help people who have had enough. And that's really what we want to be looking at achieving and what we want to be looking at doing. You need to make sure that you keep yourself up to date and you're aware of what's going on here. And there'll be other things that change all the time. So do make sure that you stay up to date. But it looks highly likely that Labour are going to be coming in. I've pretty much always been a bit of a conservative man myself. Don't really know why. Just more warm towards those. Uh, I, I don't really get massively involved in politics. There's not a great deal that I can do when it comes to politics and things like that. I just roll with the punches, put the petitions out there, sign the ones that I want to agree with, that I want 
certain parties to see and to deal with uh, and take it from there. So from my perspective, uh, Labour get in, Conservatives stay in, somebody else gets in, somebody else does that. I'm not really here nor there on it. I do think that under Labour, they predominantly are a party that has it in for the private rented sector, that has it in for the landlords a bit more than the Conservatives done. But over the last few years, Conservatives haven't really done us a lot any good anyway, have they? So who knows? Who knows? Each to their own and we'll roll with it as we go. All I can say, though, is as a property investor, we need to be making sure that we're doing good deals that we've got our ethics right, which is something that we always talk to, you know, our masterminders and students and everything about. It's getting our making sure deals are a win-win for everybody. We want to be creating good homes, good environments for our tenants, for our customers. Okay, we want to be delivering on that. I also do think the government do need to say to people that are, you know, in rented accommodation, that there are certain standards and certain things you need to abide by as well. And certain standards and certain things that landlords need to abide by. But if we can put a good product together, if we can look after our customers, if our customers can come and enjoy a peace of mind living in a good property and look after it as well. Everybody gets paid. Everybody's happy. OK, so there will be some people that say, well, you, you landlords are in it just for the money and everything. But you've got to remember us landlords put a lot of money back into the properties. OK, when you walk into a property and it looks really nice, that's because somebody has spent a lot of money making it really nice for you to live in. So do appreciate it please. And also do look after it and enjoy it. Live there and be happy at the end of the day. There is nothing wrong with being a renter. I would rather actually rent a property to live in and buy property to have as my assets to pay for my living than I would just buy a house for myself and then never have any assets. So I hope this episode's helped you. Obviously, as more information comes across, we will be putting it out there in our episodes and future episodes. So please feel free to subscribe, to join us and follow us wherever you are. Do check out pinfurtherlearning.co.uk for all tools and resources when it comes to property investing and free training and helpful guides. Come and join us in the Facebook group, the PIN Community Facebook group with 21,000 other investors. And of course, book on to your local property investor networking event. We have 50 networking events held once a month in all different areas of the country and the world. Go and book on, go and network with people, get to know people in your area, and let's build these property businesses. And whatever government gets in, we will deal with it as and when it all changes and happens. You take care and join me in the next episode. Bye for now.